0: Porti Community Energy was founded a couple of years ago as a result of a carbon survey carried out here in Portobello. It started as a group of volunteers but is now a fully registered charity with its own constitution and a range of aims and objectives, one of which is low-carbon transport. Al Reid is a senior researcher in climate change and energy policy at the Scottish Parliament and also a member of Action Porti. He sets the scene. First the good news.
1: In the last 30 years, we've nearly halved our emissions. So since 1990, Scotland's carbon emissions have dropped by 45.5%. Now, just to focus your minds a little bit, if we are to have a hope of meeting our targets and playing our part in the global target of limiting warming to one and a half to two degrees, then we will have to more than half them again in the next decade alone. So I'll say that again so that it sinks in. We have nearly halved our emissions in the last 30 years. We have to more than halve them again in the next decade to have a hope of hitting our targets.
0: And then the bad.
1: Since 2015, transport has been the largest emitter of carbon dioxide. Essentially, cars, private transport, accounts for nearly 40% of total emissions. And that's more than both aviation and shipping combined. The next point I would make is that the number of cars on our roads continues to increase by nearly 10% in the last decade. Sadly, emissions from new cars, whilst you might think that improvements in vehicle technology might mean that emissions from new cars is dropping. Sadly, it's not. It's in fact rising. And that's predominantly because of the rise in the number of SUVs on our roads, which account for nearly a quarter of all new car sales. And that's up 3% in the last decade.
0: The Scottish Government has a series of objectives under the title Prioritising Sustainable Transport. It has five layers, with the car very much on the bottom tier. Above it are taxis and shared transport, public transport and cycling, with walking and wheeling right at the top. One of the strongest supporters of the last three has been Kirsty Lewin of Spokesporty. She set out an ambitious set of objectives to make Portobello and Edinburgh much greener
2: retaining spaces for people to get them made permanent. The big meeting for that will be at the Transport Environment Committee meeting on June the 17th, so we're working really hard towards that and to ensure that councillors are on side. We're also about to set up uh, traffic counts at key points in and around porty using apps, so a number of volunteers will be around the area, and that's basically to do a baseline on where we are. The next big thing is that we're really keen to recruit members from the wider area, including Craig Miller, Bingham, Nidri, Craig and Tinney, and Meadowbank, because we haven't got many people from there. And then we want to work on a much wider area strategy with partners, local businesses, the council, and the community council, etc. These are on clutter free smooth pavements, an end to pavement parking, dropped curbs on every street, including onto the prom. Retaining really high quality bus services and decent smart bus shelters. Protective inclusive cycle infrastructure on every arterial route in an hour of Porty, Low traffic neighbourhoods across the whole area. So that'll be building on the Joppa Triangle experience. Controlled parking zone with adequate loading bays for deliveries. Facilities for community and commercial cargo bike deliveries with charging points. Speed limits reduced to 20 miles an hour everywhere and Portobello High Street as a destination, not a through route. And so a radical proposal could be to have a bus taxi gate in the high street that would only allow, for example, buses, taxis and blue badge users through. And then finally, the complete redesign of the Portie High Street, to Harry Lauder Road Junction.
0: Kirsty mentioned reaching out to involve other areas. These will include Duddingston. Well, there's already a group ready and willing to take part. It's called Even Greener Duddingston, And one of its members is Fiona Taylor. We're poor users of transport because we have no local shops. We all jump in our cars to go and get anything. So what we have initiated, the first thing is to get an electric cargo bike. We're just about to do a trial of it from laid-back bikes. Looks like we can get a grant from Pedal Scotland that would be match funding and we're going to do that through the Conservation Society and then we will get individuals to pay a one-off subscription to the bike and then probably a a per-mile use of it. We need probably about 10 households signing up per bike, so we're going to start off with one bike. Just 10 miles away, by sea, Greener kirkoddy is much further advanced in its low-carbon thinking than we are here in Porty. Founded in 2009, it's a community-led charity and development trust which aims to tackle food and fuel poverty as well as helping create a low-carbon environment. It now has a community hub, rather like what we hope Belfield will soon become here, as Susie Goodseer explains.
3: It houses Greener-Cocody's offices, a large events room that we hire out, and our community kitchens. We bought the place from Fife Council a few years ago, and after a major refurbishment, Opened it in April 2019. The building has a nice big flat roof, so we decided to put in solar panels, 20 kilowatts, and a battery energy storage system. The energy system is connected to an electric vehicle charging point as well for electric van that we use for a lot of our own activities. And the system was designed to make our building self-sufficient in electricity for much of the year. It powers our activities. This is our community fridge, our low-cost food pantry that we started last year as a a response to food insecurity in the town. This is a, a more dignified alternative to the food bank where people pay a membership fee and get a great choice of food.
0: One of their objectives has been to get local people out of their cars and onto bikes. But there was one big obstacle in the way.
3: A big issue that kept coming up was that Kirkcaldy didn't have a bike shop in the town centre. All we had was our out-of-town retail park with Halfords. So last year, we opened a bike shop. It's called Langtoon Cycles, named after Kirkcaldy the Langtoon, and it's a social enterprise selling refurbished donated bikes and doing servicing and repairs. We've got big plans for it this year, lots of free doctor bike outreach events in low-income neighbourhoods and a big employability programme for young people. We've run a bike loan scheme for about the last four years. This has been a grant-funded project. The idea is that people borrow the bike for free for a month. The aim is to let them try it out before committing, try before you buy. And it's really successful. Most people do go on to buy a bike. Our scheme has about 20 electric bikes, different sizes and types, including There's a few folding electric bikes, which are really, really popular with people who, a lot of people commute by train from Kirkcaldy to Edinburgh.
0: There are car club spaces in Portobello, outside the library in Winter Place and on the High Street. However, a rival is expected to arrive within about the next year. It's called Co-wheels, and the vast majority of its fleet is made up of hybrid or electric vehicles. Its spokesman is Tony Archer.
4: Over a third of people actually that join a car club, interestingly, end up giving up their own cars because they get so used to using car club car. And some of the other side benefits are once you've joined a car club and you give up your car, you start uh, using active travel more. I think about 14% of our members in the last survey have taken up cycling and walking. And actually, just being a member of a car club makes you walk a little bit more because instead of having a car sat on your driveway, you sometimes have to walk five, ten minutes to find your car. So that encourages people to start walking in itself. It's been shown that uh, a car club car will take ten cars off the road, which is quite an interesting fact as well. You can imagine how that's uh, helping
0: to improve congestion and the air quality in some places. He's keen to look forward to the greater use of another type of environmentally friendly vehicle using a completely different source of clean energy.
4: Not just electric vehicles, but also hydrogen. Because up in Aberdeen, where I've been working on for the past few years, we do have several hydrogen cars in our fleet, and it'd be great to see
2: wider hydrogen
4: networks so that we can begin developing uh, hydrogen cars in our car clubs elsewhere. I'm a great, great supporter of hydrogen cars myself because they are absolutely fantastic to use and drive. The fact that you don't have to plug them in and wait for them to charge up is is an even better bonus. But obviously, without that uh, refuelling network, it's a bit difficult at the moment. And it's very much like we were back in 2012, 2013, when we first got our very first electric cars into the fleet. There was very few places to actually charge up the EVs, but uh, these days it's very easy, obviously.
0: So, change is very much in the air. But as we know from any of the changes that have been introduced this past year, there is vigorous opposition from parts of the community. In the view of climate change researcher and member of Action Portie, I'll read, these are the people who need to be convinced before the country can tackle the climate emergency with the energy that's needed.
1: There are too many cars, the high street is too busy. Essentially, the high street is still a residential street, ultimately, and we don't pay enough attention to that. One of the key points in relation to the information that was needed was that it had to be robust enough to be able to change minds and to be able to present stark facts. And it also had to work towards being consensus building as well, because we're going down the route of there potentially becoming a, quite a culture war in relation to travel choices and transport choices. And the more divided it is, the less consensus there is then the harder it is to implement. And frankly, you know, there's an emergency here. It's it's a climate emergency and an ecological emergency, and people have to kind of get on board with that idea. In terms of the process, the key issue that came up, and I've just noted this down, is that we shouldn't really be preaching to the converted. We shouldn't be asking people who are already on board. We should be going to people who've just bought an SUV and asking them if they took the environment into consideration and uh, quite what they think they're going to be doing next.
0: For more on Porti Community Energy and some of the other organisations mentioned in this episode, just follow the links in the written introduction.